Hello and welcome to CHGO Red Stars podcast brought to you by PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, please call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. We're back at it, everybody. It's your girl, Sandra, joined today, as always, by my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. the scam originator. Claire, how are you doing today, bud? I'm good. It's like kind of, it's fall out there, right? Yo, it's fall time. It's, it's long sleeve long and sleeves. definitely shorts weather. Boy, mm-hmm. that's uh, how I'm rocking. If you're joining us live, um, you can't see, but I'm rocking the shorts and the long sleeves <laughs> today because it's a real, real MF and fall energy in Chicago right now. And honestly, like, get out there and enjoy it. You know, we got to start off this podcast the way everyone knows us as a weather podcast. And, uh, you know, fall is not something that we get a long time with in Chicago. So, like, everyone should go out and enjoy it when they can. Keep Kick a leaf. Ed- yeah, right. Crunch a little bit. Keep yeah. that hoodie in yeah. your in your backpack. Mm-hmm. That extra hoodie in your backpack, or 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 in the car with you. If if you're if you're a if you're a Chicagoan with a car, you know, like you got to just be prepared right now because it's definitely going to be warm in the afternoons and chilly in the mornings and the evenings. So it's like you just got to make sure you're prepared. We just want to make sure everyone's uh, doing all right out there. We also want to make sure the Red Stars are doing all right. Right? We we um. We definitely have been like uh, entertained this this season, but it's coming down down to the wire. Two games left for the Chicago Red Stars. Two games left for everybody. Yeah. But frankly, all the teams finally level on on um, on games. No one has that game in hand anymore. The final two weeks uh, remaining and twenty games for for everybody, including the Red Stars. And um, there was a lot of midweek action that happened mm-hmm. for the league that have has kind of. Um, I don't want to say added some pressure because I feel like personally, I feel like the pressure has been on in, in Sandra's opinion. I think the pressure has been on for, for the red stars. I think that the playoffs technically have started for them during their own midweek match. Not too long ago, you know, that, mm-hmm. that ending of the road trip with all rain and then going on to face the current and then having to host Houston at home. Um, you know, we've been hearing how they're still trying to take it, one one game at a time but i'm also like you know what would be great if you stop doing that and actually say playoff start already yesterday as a matter of fact um yeah so going into this weekend things have shifted around um a, a, a little bit so the red stars had a game against houston dash where uh, they dropped they dropped points they they lost narrow loss one zero to houston dash and we we chatted a little bit in in the preview of this game how we kind of wanted to to see that energy we were like listen there's going to be every single game for every single of the 12 clubs right now is going to have that storyline and narrative around it where it's like you know playoff push and you know at least teams one through eight anyway at the time was like a playoff push like everyone's going to be making a run and everyone's technically in the hunt right but there were particular matches where maybe some of us in the space were like keeping closer eyes on whether it's it was like, you know, oil rain going up in, against North Carolina or in this case, Chicago Red Stars going up against Houston. Like that was actually a game in which really did feel like there were going to be 
playoff-esque implications in that game because heading into that match when we previewed, we said that they were like deadlocked on several tiebreakers mm-hmm. going into that game. It wasn't just points. It was goal differential, like goals against. And I think head-to-head isn't even like in the equation anymore. Well, it was like, it was everything. It was points, uh, goal differential, goals for and goals against. So it was, I, I don't even remember what the, it was like maybe wins or just, I don't know. I don't know. Possibly. I think they were tied on that too. It was, it was down to some, some tiebreaker that you ultimately hope will not be a tiebreaker when you get to the final list. But um, yeah, very close. I, um I remember when we were in the preview portion of, of this Houston dash game, we like talk a lot about it. We usually don't necessarily like make a good pick, like in terms of like win, loss or draw kind of, you know, we've never been those kind of hosts when we're talking about the red stars specifically, but we we definitely talk about player performances and we're always like, here's who we want to have like good games. And like, here's who we don't want to have a good game for Houston. And dude, I said, I don't want any salmon to have a good game and she got the game winner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you came you talked about playoff intensity, right. And, and we were kind of, you were, it, it was with a bit of a smile that you were talking about how Chicago is taking thing one, taking things uh. one game at a time. Um, it's a very pra- pragmatic approach, at least, you know, from the outside, you know, I, who knows what's going on in the locker room or how they're sort of um, gaming things out. But uh, Houston came in with a certain level of intensity. And I think they oh, also yeah. knew that they had a fitness advantage over the Red Stars, which they did because the Red Stars were coming off a midweek match. Yeah. Houston was not. Um, and Houston was just pretty determined, you know, it, it, they got to celebrate and, you know, it's, it's cool to kind of see that history of, you know, they got their first win in Chicago um, this weekend. And I think that they came with a, a desire to make the game hard. And, and so was it like the prettiest game? No. And like, it takes two to tango there. Like I'm not blaming yeah. Chicago for that. That was Houston's game plan. Houston yeah. came in really physical um, and they had a very particular defensive plan, a very defensive press that they were they were pushing. And ultimately, could this game have ended a nil-nil draw? Absolutely. But Houston got the the breakaway that about you know they they had generated, and um, yeah, one nil. I mean, I think the the story of the game again is not really the goal conceded because I think that that unlucky is the wrong word, but could have easily not occurred, I guess, because again, it's not like there was a ton of attack being generated by either team. Chicago did not get a shot on goal. And I think that, or maybe they got one shot on goal. It was tough for Tapman. Yeah. And so I think, and and that shot, I think came in like the 75th, 76th minute. So it's about the, it was about the way that Houston defensively totally wrapped the red stars up. And, um, and it was it was pretty impressive. I mean, that's I think the first time I've gotten to see Houston in person this year, and and yeah. I liked what I saw. Yeah, uh, Loki jealous had to had to handle some some family events and and was unavailable to go and um, take that game in live. But Houston has they've been putting together quite uh, the campaign this yeah. season. Was bummed to not be able to kind of catch uh, catch them in person, particularly against the Red Stars. I feel like these are two teams. You know, two franchises who have sort of gone up against each other in in more recent years where it's been a different level of of competition, I would say, like maybe since, you know, 2018 or so, um, you know, Rachel Daly, Sam Kerr kind of eras there with uh, kind of making it kind of more competitive and seeing more narrow score lines or draws that were happening between between those, those two teams and um, I, I don't think I was too surprised, you know, on catching it on, on, on the replay uh, to sort of see 
some of the physicality from Houston. And, you know, it, it was actually kind of interesting to see. Like, it's almost as if they were, like, saving it for this game. Yeah. Um, well, I, I they would played- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, I'm, that's yeah. not to say that they're not a physical team. I mean, we've seen, we've seen Houston, you know, play physical before, but I wouldn't say that it's, um, you know, a typical part of their their game plan. I think um, there have been moments. I think when we when I've seen Houston play, I sort of feel like they they get physical when they kind of get pushed a little bit. I just sort of feel like the, to sort of see them do it from you know minute one through minute 90 I was kind of like okay but maybe the physicality of that in, in that second half particularly is is something of that which we sh- should know because I mean coming out of the post game with that stuff it was something that was obviously still talked about I mean the, the, the bench got carded at one point in in this game uh Pew taking a big hit and that's something else that kind of came out of this of this last um match week right going from that weekend into this midweek match I mean we had Sophia Smith coming out of this game with the Thorns in, in Portland and in Louisville, you know, straight up saying, I don't want to get fined, but a player like me is just not going to get those calls. And, like, low-key, that's kind of fucked up uh, that players are, like, feeling, you know, certain players of a certain caliber and background are feeling that type of way about some of the physicality and the lack of calls um, within some of these games. But, um, yeah, watching Mel Pugh in the replay kind of get knocked around a little bit, I was just like, seems dangerous, like – yeah, I mean, that's part of the story of the second half, for sure. Um, I think first half, though, I think it was more just about Houston being pretty nimble tactically. Um, yeah. I've talked about this with Chicago. Like, I talked about this with the um, uh, the Seattle game two weeks ago um, about just how it didn't feel like Chicago came in with uh, uh, an opposition-specific game plan, which you don't want to change things yeah. too much, right? That's not the goal either. But um, I think that when you are playing these other playoff teams, it warrants some of that. And I think that Houston approached Chicago very specifically. They brought Nichelle Prince into the midfield um, and and started um, a different front line. And that made huge issues for Chicago's distribution. So Prince was sitting behind Salmon a lot of the time. And so she was basically playing as a playmaking number 10, but she was also kind of a disruptive number 10 in that she was occupying that space that Chicago's defensive midfielders occupy and was very active, was getting touches on the ball, was able to force turnovers, was able to feed distribution into Salmon. And so she was able to make you know, we saw how how um, Houston has some trouble on the counter against Angel City, and they yeah. fixed some of that. They made some tweaks, and and obviously they gave something up because of that, right? Because Nichelle Prince is a very good attacker as well. But um, I was very, I was not only impressed by the decision to do that. I thought Prince did a great job, and and so that becomes the story of the first half. And Chicago makes adjustments, right? And they they are able to stretch things a little bit more in the second half. But in the second half, Houston starts playing with a really high line because they are defending this lead. Now you think to yourself, okay, high line doesn't make sense against Pew, but if you're really disciplined with it, it turned into constant turnovers, not in the terms of like the midfield turning the ball over, but it was like Chicago gets a sequence, then there's an offside call. Or yeah. Chicago gets a sequence and then they kick it out of bounds. Or Chicago gets a sequence and then it's a goal kick. And so those are also generating turnovers in a way that did not allow Chicago to really get themselves back in the game in the terms of actual shots or shots on goal. So was it physical? Yes. Um, 
Did I think the ARs had a weird one? Also, yes, neither team was very happy with the assistant refs. Yeah. Um, even just weird stuff like whose ball it was when the ball went out. It seemed like constantly on both sides, teams were getting really frustrated with possession. Um, I know that Pew, there was a point, I think, late in the first half uh, off the ball where Pew walks over to the far side mm -hmm. AR and goes like, yes. hey, dude, can you get your head in the game? What's going on? <laughs> It yeah, wasn't aggressive. Very, it was just like, no, 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 just, like no. just checking in that it you're was, seeing the same things I'm seeing. Cause like, yeah. it was very, uh, we'll, we'll just say very, uh, professional. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, yeah, it was. I have yeah. to check in here. Really yeah. Quickly. Um, and again, <laughs> when you have those kinds of fouls, like fouls off the ball, like there, the one shot, I think Chicago did generate in the second half pew gets like sandwiched in between two yeah. Houston defenders after that shot gets pulled off. That is as much on the AR to see as your center official. Yeah. And they were just not helping her out. And so am I am I frustrated by that in terms of result? I don't know. I think that this was a pretty even game. Yeah. That I thought Houston actually did a couple things that I thought were well within the bounds of, of sportsmanship and they won the game, right? Yeah. Am I worried about Pew also, yes. And, and yeah. I think that comes back to the Sophia Smith thing, which is in the NWSL, sometimes you get the opposite of star calls, which is that if you force defenders into bad tackles frequently, you get like a recency bias against you. I do think that there is a psycho psychological yeah. element of this player. Surely this player is not getting fouled this much. Right. Yeah. And, but they are. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, what Smith said, which I think was a really good point is, you know, she basically was like, you know, these tackles that I'm suffering remind me of the tackle that broke my leg in college. Yeah. And when a player gets to that point, it goes far beyond result to me, I guess. No, I, I don't think it's, um, yeah, I don't think those are unfair points uh, to bring up. And I think if, if players of a certain caliber are like making themselves kind of vulnerable in a post game right. about it, like the appropriate party should be taking note yeah. of that quite frankly I, I guess is sort of what I'm uh, alluding to you know and and I think it's easy to sort of maybe brush off like a coach who maybe kind of has you know a particular bias for their players right and we heard Petroselli in that post saying like that was messed up yeah. <laughs> you know like right he was just you know, like that he was basically just like that's the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I don't know what's in Petroselli someone who's been around a very long time you yeah. know and, uh, and uh it's it's not an unheard of, you know, it's particularly in seasons past and particularly in, in this season where you have coaches who are talking about that. But it's it's not just um, the usual suspects. Right. It's not just Laura Harvey saying I want to get fined right. in these post games. I mean, you've got, you know, Casey Stoney and Petroselli who are new to NWSL who are yeah. like kind of, you know, have have sort of made the similar notes uh, within it as well. And now towards this end of the season where perhaps you're kind of like looking at the finish line. Um, if you got players who are kind of getting to their wits and two a little bit, I'm kind of, it perks my ears up a, a yeah. little bit, I guess is, is what I'm uh, alluding to. But um, I, I think also just Go one ahead. final thing is I think that this is relevant just league wide. And I think it's been relevant in these midweek games and what we're going to see this weekend and next weekend is yeah. everybody's also a little bit tired. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> defenders are tired. Attackers yeah. are tired. You know, defenders on tired legs are going to make bad tackles. Strikers who are tired are going to be at their wits end about those bad tackles. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have coaches who are going to have performance mm -hmm. reviews after this season is over, who 
their job is on the line. They care about the well-being of these players. Yeah. Um, and, and as we know, because the table oh, yeah. is so tight, it, it really does matter. And so I think, you know, this is this is not it, it's not uh, unique to this year or unique to the end of USL. But I think once you get into these final weeks, people oh, yeah. start getting a little bit more honest about how they're feeling about everything. And I think yeah. that um, the fact that we did have eight teams right play midweek this week, mm-hmm. this late in the season. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure we're going to see our best soccer this weekend. It's um no, I'm with I'm with you. It's 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 not like a point that we're making up. It's just like we're just looking at the calendar in front right. of us, and that's the fact. That's what it is. It's uh, I think if we're looking at the total timeline of things, I mean, you're talking about uh, you know a league in in which gathered their their players what eight months ago, February technically, yeah. right? February to, to September now. That's eight ish months more or less, and um. Yeah, um, it just sort of feels like that's like the energy for now. I didn't, um, what's end is definitely uh, perhaps the appropriate uh, term there. But I um, I think it was a really good point that you made about the two these two particular teams going head to head in this match and, and maybe, you know, talking about the actual game plans, mm-hmm. right? What were the actual game plans? Like which team had what and was there a plan B? And I don't know if we necessarily saw that from Chicago. And I think uh, the plan B was to bring Morgan Gatra on and they got I was better. Say, that maybe leads on. to silver linings. Yeah. Like the adjustments are AKA the silver linings for me. Like it was yeah. really great to see Morgan Gatra be able to come in like around, what was it like the hour mark or so mm-hmm. yep. um, and start to build off of, uh, off of her minutes that she's been doing the past three matches now, let's say um, my God. And that meant, we got to see Vanessa DiBernardo um, move a little bit, right? She's been holding it down as a defensive six this entire season. And now maybe we're going to start to see um, DiBernardo into, into areas where she's more familiar with points. Can I ask you a question about that though? No, I, <laughs> no, moving no, on. I, everybody knows if you, if you watch like the, the post game YouTubes or the pregame YouTubes, you know that I, I like to ask my questions after games, but after a while, I'm like, I cannot ask 17 questions. So the one question that was left unasked in post game, but I did still have it. And maybe this will come up this weekend is, so you're going to ask me, so we talked about Ella Stevens starting, right? Yes. And I think that's great. I actually think that's working super well. Don't change that. We're not seeing Ava Cook and Sarah Griffith no. get subbed in anymore. No. What's going no. on? Um, I think what's going on is everyone's at their wits end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, every no, everyone's at their wits end, right? Uh, that's what we're just gonna keep saying from here on out. No, I, I just think that it's starting to the things that we were maybe talking about, uh, I want to say maybe what, like six weeks ago, like are just sort of coming to fruition now where we were like, okay, cool. Like what we're probably going to see now, like now that it's like deep into the second half of the season, like we're going to see like usual suspects. We're going to see like Chicago actually trying to nail down a regular starting 11. But the trouble with that is that they're still technically, um, you know, they saw a rotation of, of players coming in and out for international camps, you know, with, with Canada and United States. Um, and then there are still technically players who are, you know, you're bringing one on and bringing one off of that in- availability report. So it's right. like as much as they were trying to, like, stick to this familiar lineup, like it, it just still wasn't uh, a privilege to them to kind of be able to, you know, to do that. Um but in terms of like actually getting starts, like yeah, no, it's not. It's something that I've noticed um, as well. And I just, I, I just wonder at this phase of the season, 
are is the coaching staff and not this is maybe isn't just Chicago, but like is is this a time of the season where coaching staffs across the league and in particular for Chicago are going to fall into that age old, you know, reliable trope of like, okay, well, we got to, we're here. It's late in the season. There's this many games in front of us. We're making a push for the playoffs. We've got to rely on experience versus the first years. Okay. I agree with that, except, you know, and again, unless there's something going on on the injury report that we don't know, um, I was, they put Dauber in instead of Griffith. And well, I get it. I get it because it's like you have this player that you haven't really gotten to utilize. I don't know what she looks like in training. We obviously don't have a lot of game tape on her. So it's like I don't want to yeah. judge because I'm sure that the coaches have seen much more from her than yeah. we obviously have. But I'm like, okay, no, 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 so you're, I, I, you're chasing you. a goal. You've made yeah. the move to bring Gatra on, push people yeah. forward, get that, love it, right? Who's getting those final 10 minutes and you're going yeah. with and then I was like, a cook? No, I hear you. What's the idea here? Yeah, we, no, we can't no, no. still just be trying people out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what it, like the energy is, right? It's yeah. like, it, like on the one hand, you're like, oh great, we're 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 gonna see ten minutes of Aaron Wright, like who came right. in for BSG, right? right? So we're like, cool, she's close again, right? But then it's like they're making a dual sub here, and they've got Darvaron for Nagasato. But I'm with you, and it's like, why not Cook or or Griffin? It's not, and I'm sure you were there, you saw like perhaps they were warming up, they just yeah. didn't get the the number called, right? Um, yeah, no, it's uh. I appreciate the questions. I'm not the coach. Though. I don't know. I know you I mean, don't know the answer. I know. No, but like, it's it's an important it's an important one to think about and sort of like, um, uh, you know, I I had my my rookie candidates piece come out not too long ago, and I broke them down into, you know, contenders and and dark horses and total long shots and and total long shots for me were a handful of Chicago Red Stars players, but primarily Ava Cook, mm-hmm. on top of that list, you know, someone who is, is obviously made an, it had an impact in her very specific role for Chicago this year, but is probably not likely to walk away with that honor, unfortunately, because of some of the, the other individual performers in, in front of her across the league. But yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't know, maybe there that, uh, Darber in for, for Nagasato does feel more to me like a let's get you some minutes yeah and try some stuff out yeah versus actually chasing the game i think if they bring in ava cook that reads to me more like we're gonna try to chase keep chasing this game right. and darber to me it just sort of feels like we're gonna this is a really physical match and this is a good time to see if you can hang yeah yeah which i mean I don't, yeah, I don't know if I have a value judgment on that. I think I, I, there, there's been a couple things in, in the last couple of weeks where I just don't fully understand what's happening on the pitch with Chicago. Um, and yeah, but I also, but I also understand that they've put them, they're in a, a weird situation, right? Where it's like they still don't have the players that they were never getting back, right? They still don't have the players that they were never getting back. And, they're still, I'm sure it seems to me like probably training's really competitive. It seems like maybe like on one day, one player's really excelling. On another day, another player's yeah. really excelling. We've seen that starting switch from Cook to Stevens. That can also affect a player like Cook, you know, in her first season. We know yeah. the highs and lows of a rookie season are difficult to deal with. Like, yeah. just, but it just from the outside, it's like I, and I, and I get, again, I don't think Chicago's alone in this, but there was a striking difference between them and Houston in this respect, I thought. Houston looks yeah. done. They look complete to me. Yeah, that yeah. like that. This is the team that we are going to continue to yeah. see make the run in these last two matches, and likely in the playoffs because I would imagine that they're playoff bound um, yeah. at this point, right, in terms of their position and points um, 
on the table. I think looking at Chicago, maybe this is a, a little bit of a transition. They've got two games right in front of them, one more at home. So that means if you're local, you get one more chance to perhaps grab. It could be a really big deal. Yeah, if you believe in the power of the crowd, this would be the one to go to. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, we're working with the game time to go ahead and uh, you know grab tickets to, to games. If you love CHEO, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events love that love a chance to go catch a home game but you're gonna have to wait a little bit on the red stars side of things because um they have got a game away which we will preview they're gonna be on the road against portland but um something else that we wanted to talk about on this episode um, that dropped in uh, the middle of this uh, week leading up to, to them going to Portland is a, a, a partnership. The Chicago Red Stars announced uh, what is being referred to as a strategic partnership with VFL Wolfsburg. And um, yeah, just didn't know how to react to that, quite frankly. We'll, we'll just be very honest. If there's one thing... Um, that we don't do here on CHGO Red Stars is act like we know when we don't know at all. And honestly, that dropped and we were like, seems cool, but also just didn't know how to really, uh, you know, perceive that. I think it could be cool. I mean, I think um, the the only pot, like the pause that I have on the Wolfsburg side is just that they, I think did a similar thing with Orlando earlier in the league's history. And, and I don't know exactly what like came of that. Um, the press release was a little bit vague. It was like yeah. sharing best practices. They're going to maybe try to like Chicago might benefit from having Wolfsburg in terms of like having their help finding sponsors, which would, you know, be good. Um, they said possible friendlies in the future, maybe training together in the future. Like all of that stuff sounds great. I think it more just depends on what actually comes to fruition there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, like I, looking at the release i i was and i i tweeted this and i'll say it on here i was really surprised to see quotes from arnon whistler in that press release yeah uh weird right we'll just like you know if it looks like a duck and and sounds like a duck it's it's a it's a duck and um just having you know arnon whistler in 2022 just is someone who has not been super present yeah. um in terms of uh you know front facing He's been um, on field when there have been, yeah. you know, ceremonies like Alyssa Motz's retirement. Yeah. He was there. He's there Big to moment. like hand out jerseys yeah. that have like a hundred or 150 mm-hmm. on them, but public facing, not really. Right. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I guess just like for, you know, for those of us who go here, right. I have always referred to it as that uh, for those of us who go here, it's just weird, quite frankly, uh, because in season past, um, you can find Arnon Whistler uh, everywhere. Uh, quite frankly, and was always available. Um, but not necessarily the case in uh, in 2022. So yeah, to to have uh, a you know uh, open quote from principal owner, um, I think was a big change. I think for a season like this, but perhaps this is the type of um, you know event or moment in which you make a direct uh, quote for for this particular news. I mean, it was just via a release. Um, 
this again like you said claire like it could be cool i don't know how cool it is though because they turned out this release and then there was no media availability so um it, you know any other well, question i think i think uh chicago had a had spokespeople i i know that like i read in the gist newsletter that week that they spoke to a chicago spokesperson so i think that their spokesperson so yeah yeah i think the was, like individual is- individual media availability i guess but they did not specify like that was also interesting right like um Whistler was quoted in the press release, but the follow-up media done by the gist was just a Red Star spokesperson. So have to think that Whistler was not available for questions for that particular media availability, but you know, who knows? But um Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, shout out to the the gist. Um, I know I didn't get reached out to you. Did you get did you get reached out to? Uh I mean, I was told I mean, I had <laughs> had an idea that something was coming, but not for like individual um interview or anything like that. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, cool stuff is usually stuff that you want to get highlighted and pushed out there. So just, uh, yeah, we're to just not see a little bit more coverage around it just based on the two clubs um, that are involved. I also like just like the difference in um, releases um, uh, a little bit. There's still like similar wording and in both of them like directly from Wolfsburg and, and and the Red Stars you know the whole hey like blue collar mentalities and and similar philosophies and um you know it etc cetera, etc cetera. so it was cool to sort of um see both like releases kind of come out have the same phrasing but like small differences um you know, within them, like the whole, like setting up a holistic approach that impacts all levels of respective club operations. The organizations aim to implement a systematic approach in terms of smart roster building, youth development, and a significant upgrade to the respective scouting network database and approach in the other one's market. So I thought like that was like something like that was like interesting to me in, in, in Wolfsburg's specific um, uh, release. So I like something like that. I'm like, cool like smart roster building uh you know youth development scouting network like all that stuff seems like very cool kind of stuff and like we don't know i think that's stuff that you're not going to know like the impact of that right away obviously because with the timing of this announcement right it's coming towards the end of the season but there will eventually be an off season there will eventually eventually be a next season um that was the other thing about it too. Like not necessarily, this wasn't something with like a timeline on it either, which is I think why like when it dropped, we were like, Oh wow. Like didn't Wolfsburg also have something, a similar partnership with, with Orlando pride. And do, do, is that still the case or is it just like exclusive to, to Chicago now? Um, so just sort of interesting to, to sort of see. And, uh, I know some people were already like having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like, I but don't want to, I don't want to be like, too hard on it. Like, like I, I love that people were like Lena over to Chicago Red Stars, like confirmed. And well, I was like, that's fun. <laughs> like, let's have fun with it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't want to be too hard, too hard on like team comms about it. Like, I think that, you know, they had the release. And like I said, you know, I, I, I did get a heads up that there was something coming down the pike. So I don't want to misrepresent that. But um, like, yeah, it's just I just don't think they have a ton of details right now. And I think that that's just ultimately, especially with Chicago and just sort of the pattern of, you know, communication from their front office i'm always just like details 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 and that's just not quite what what we have out of this yet so it's like a tbd what if like um if you like let's have fun with it like what if it was like if it had to be like a player for player swap like if if overdose coming to the red stars who's going to wolfsburg who do i think would like really thrive in 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 germany germany um 
Honestly, I think that we should just like, I mean, this is not like an, an anti, like I don't want her to go anywhere, but I think, I think that like Sarah Lubert just feels like a world traveler to me now. And I'm just like, <laughs> I love know, that. Let's put another stamp in her passport, get her, you know, for loan out there, new, out there in the winter. New, yeah. like new, like have her like pave the way for like a new Chicago Red Stars team award, like most cultured Chicago Red Stars player, most traveled. Yeah. will go to Sarah Lubert. Quite frankly, I like that. I'm into that. That was fun. So uh, here's to fingers crossed. Uh, get to see some cool stuff between these two teams and their new partnership that was recently announced ahead of uh, a, a very another very important game. It almost feels like where I'm saying this like every every week now with every match game. Like this is a really important game coming up. But Chicago Red Stars have a. Uh, Another game on the road here, going to Providence Park, going to be going head-to-head with Portland Thorns. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this one, quite frankly. So midweek, the Thorns took care of business, and they defeated Racing Louisville 3-0, and they are the only team as of right now to have clinched a playoff spot. So it's just like cementing their place in the 2022 postseason, there's a number of things still technically up for grabs. Um, there's at least like a four team race right now for the shield. Obviously, um, spots one through six are still kind of up in play with the two games remaining. Um, but still credit to the thorns. They're the only team in midst all of this chaos to have actually been like, no, we're confirmed going to the playoffs in 2022. So, Let's talk Chicago's role in this. Uh, two games left. There's a potential for them to max out at 36 points mm-hmm. uh, in this moment. If they get uh, a win on the road against Portland, gotta imagine that's like another one of those games where it's gonna be like a massive, like mental kind of um, mental, mo- like kind of booster for this team. We sort of heard coming out of that midweek match against Kansas City where um, Rachel Hill specifically was talking about the importance of, yeah, confidence is, is key, but like it's also really important the timing in which they're getting some of these wins or getting some of these uh, results against specific teams in the upper half of the table. So I do wonder if this is a potential for another one of these games to where the Chicago could not only you know pick up points, but pick up some massive um, momentum and confidence down the stretch leading into that final regular season home game. And um, I'm excited for this because I just sort of feel like when it comes to Chicago and Portland going head to head, these two franchises like posting up against each other in recent years, I would say specifically since like 2019 or so, like have has kind of made for some good and entertaining soccer in, in, in recent years. You know, it's not like, you know, years from years from 2013 all the way to like 2017, it was Portland all the way. It was like an automatic L for Chicago when they were whenever they were going up against Portland. Just whatever lack of I call it lack of ideas or lack of um, planning from the coaching staff at the time, uh, but just didn't ever walk away with uh, a ton of wins. But that's shifted a little bit in in recent years. Uh, this Chicago Red Star team has. Um, you know, eliminated Portland Thorns in, in semifinals the last couple of seasons. And um, just in this season alone, they had that 2-2 draw earlier. But so I'm excited to sort of maybe see what Chicago can do on the road against Portland in this phase of the season. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, I think if you go back to the 2019 semifinal, 
and ignore 2020, which is like hard to do, but like ignore 2020. I know they played them once, like in the group stage of the challenge cup, not too concerned with about that, but like, yeah, that win, that win in 2019. Right. And then you jump 2020 never happens. And then you jump to, <laughs> and then you jump to 2021. They get stomped by Portland, right. To open the yeah. 2021 regular season, but then they tie Portland and then they go to Portland and win. So actually I don't think Chicago's lost to Portland in over a year, which, um, is I, I do just think obviously that semifinal last year was very weird. Uh, yeah. can't pretend that it wasn't. Um, remember, guys, Pew did not play, yeah. Ilya Watt, tore her Watt. ACL, <laughs> like in the first half, weird like, energy, weird yeah. game. Um, very, Sarah very weird Wilmore and Katie yeah. Johnson saved the Red Stars. Um, so that does lean into the element of like anything can happen, right? I yeah. think that this idea of this self fulfilling prophecy that Chicago can't get a point in Providence Park is not necessarily true. And but I do think again, you just sort of have to look at the trends that we're seeing, which is that um, you know, Chicago sometimes has trouble against other playoff teams that remain true this past weekend, right? Sort of that Kansas City result aside. Uh and, and Portland has looked good, but we've also seen Portland struggle on short rest. So I think it really just kind of depends um i think they're expecting a really big crowd this weekend so it's going to be like big 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 crowd big time um which again i don't think that these chicago red stars necessarily shy away from that as much as they might have in the past on the road but uh yeah. yeah i i would also hope that maybe that stretch where they were traveling a lot has them a little bit set up for this like a a, a decent rhythm on the road but um yeah it's hard to say it's i'll say this Looking at like everything, right? If you make the assumption that Chicago does not get any points out of this game, yeah. playoffs actually become really hard. Okay? Oh, yeah. They have to win at Angel City. Now, here's the thing: they can yeah. get, they can only, they can get nothing out of this game and still have a chance to overtake both Carolina and Angel City with mm -hmm. a win in the final weekend, right? That's a lot of pressure to place on yourself, though. So yeah. I, it'll be fascinating to see if they do. They just be like, OK, we're just going to totally go into this trying not to get hurt. Not too worried about that. We're going to keep the goal differential down. And then it's all to play for in final weekend. Or are they like, well, no, let's go get it. And mm -hmm. if we get something out of this, then maybe we only need to draw final weekend. And and it, I don't know. It's it's, uh, it's interesting to me. Yeah, I think um, I think the quick turnaround for Portland is interesting to know. Um, had 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 their game on on Wednesday. Uh, it's different going from Wednesday to Sunday. Um, just a different energy, and they're not traveling, right? They're the hosts in this one. They don't have to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Staying right at home, you know, train and prep the same way uh, that they would, I think, for any other match week. Um, and I just um, I'm eager to see you know, Pew versus Smith again. I thought that was a lot of fun to watch the, the first round of that um, when Portland came to, sh to Chicago and, and how they performed at SeatGeek. Um, and I'm eager to sort of see what that looks like in this phase of the season, right? With, um, with two games left to go. And, and quite frankly, with, with Portland having already clinched <laughs> a, a playoff spot, like what's, what is their energy going to be? Do they, just outright say like we want we want the shield and we we're gonna go make sure that we get it you know against a team like Chicago, um, just sort of 
curious even on the Angel City side of things. Um, they're going to be going up against Louisville. And <laughs> racing Louisville, unfortunately, at this phase in their season, have turned into a bit of a, a Grand Slam team, a team that other opposites are looking at and saying, that's a team that we could post up some goals on. Well, North um, Carolina plays Gotham. And North Carolina plays Gotham. So it's not just not just one, but it's two teams who are eyeing that um that sixth place. Um that's well, also on the flip side, if Chicago wins and the rain don't, Chicago right back up there. You know, it's like we can't we don't want to be doom and gloom. They're still only four points away from or five points away from first. Shield's probably out of reach at this point, but like these other teams that are sitting on like 33, you know, acting like they're miles ahead probably isn't fair either. It's just that the matchup is tough. Like that. Yeah. No, I think, um, I think when it comes to these two teams, I maybe sort of what we saw out of the game against Houston versus what we might see in a game against Portland. I, I don't think I would be, Totally shocked if, if the energy is, like you said, just sort of like get out there, compete. You know, obviously this is this is pro soccer. You want to try to win every game. You, know, you want to try to, at this phase in the season, result at the very least if you can. But, you know, one one final regular season away trip, you want to make sure that everybody comes back in one piece. Um, I'm sure they want to continue to see somebody like Morgan Gattraw or Aaron Wright continue to – build up their, their minutes a bit. And it's not unfair to maybe say that, you know, there's the potential for this weekend to see the, the playoff table shift again in, in NWSL, just because of the, um, just because of, of the matches that are going to be playing uh, being played at, at the same time, quite frankly, um, this weekend, I think goal differential is huge. <laughs> Um, cause obviously that's, that's the first, uh, tiebreaker, but, um, look, Mal Pugh has been playing at a ridiculous level right now. And I just want to continue to see that through the, the remainder of this year in, in, in any capacity, whether it's for, you know, the red stars or at the national team level, right. Whichever, um, I would love to see her continue that form in games like this, games that are away or on the road, right? Like this is a Red Stars team that hasn't, you know, done particularly well on, on the road. They have a better at home record versus, you know, playing away. So um, I think in terms of like players that I want to have like a good, solid, impactful game. Yeah. I want to continue to see that from, uh, from Mal Pete. How about you? Well, first of all, <laughs> what I really want to see <sighs> is them playing like they ate their freaking greens. Am I right? Oh, my gosh. Am I right, Sandra? Pack it up. Tell them to pack it. Take it to Portland. Pack it. Take it with you. Athletic greens. Oh, they need them. They need them for this final stretch. They need to have some pep in their freaking step, okay? 
What is Athletic Greens? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Oh, it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar. It's so funny. Whenever I read that, I'm like, so no hangover, but that's not right. That's not what athletic greens are for. Uh, costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic greens. Cool. Uh, but then also what was the question? Exactly. <laughs> you want to no. have a good game? Sierras. Yeah. AG1. Yeah. Right here. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Who do you want to, who do you want to see in the rest of us to have a impactful game? Oh, um, well, Petroselli said, if you can control the midfield control possession, you'll win the game. Right. Yeah. And so I think you just sort of have to take the rest stars at their word there that, um, the ultimate goal is to possess and hold and keep the ball away from Sophia Smith and not let yeah. Becky Sauerbrunn or Sam coffee distribute. Like they're attacking yeah. the attack generated by both the defense and the midfield, uh, by Portland this midweek was wild um and so i think then you just got to say like this is the day especially if we're not just talking making playoffs but maybe even winning a playoff game which like is ultimately the goal right i think you gotta like step it on those vets man i gotta say like danny gold rico yeah. nessa di bernardo um we talk you know we talked a lot about the chicago formation um, and their numerical advantage that they try to have, but they won't have that in Portland because Portland also plays with, they play with four in the middle. It depends on how the wingbacks do. It's, it's kind of an interesting matchup, but um, we have, and actually, again, like I thought the midfield was fine, truly fine against Houston. So like, just step it up a notch, you know, be great. Simple, easy peasy. AG1, just like, it's fine altogether. No, I'm with you. I think for on the Portland side of things, like, God, there's so many players. And again, I'm curious as to with the with the midweek that just took place. If, like if Smith, I'm not sure how much Smith will play. They've been pretty yeah, good like I'm about curious if there's going to be, you know, look, they clinched already. Yeah, they they also still have two games in front of them. This is one of them on a quick turnaround. Like, how hard do they go in this game? Quite quite frankly, um, you know, I if she does play a lot of minutes, uh, Sina Hugita, I don't I don't think I want her to have a a really strong thing that that's that is a player that has been able to just really make oppositions pay um and uh that would yeah. make the mid the midfield question a little bit harder yeah if uh if the, if that's a player that their head coach here wilkinson is is gonna utilize a little bit more over the 90 minutes i definitely want Sigita to have a, a bit of an off day against uh against the red stars but um We'll see. Look, we've been we've been doing this on, on every show like towards the end when it comes to, to previewing the game ahead. And we're just going to continue to manifest good things for the Red Stars. I mean, we did that in that, you know, that that quick turnaround week. They ended up getting result against rain. Big dub against Kansas City current. Uh, maybe we didn't manifest enough against Houston. Maybe like we got to just do that a little bit harder this time for this week. So we're going to say that we're going to be back next week. And when we're back next week, we're going to be talking about the Chicago Red Stars dub against Portland Thorns. I would love, love, love to see it. 
quite frankly. So here's a uh, here's hoping that we'll be able to uh, chat about a victory and maybe uh, inching the Chicago Red Stars a little bit closer to, to clinching another spot in their playoffs. So it would be their seventh or eighth question mark uh, consecutive playoff appearance. I don't know, but we're keeping an eye on it for sure. Listen, everybody, uh, we appreciate you all so much whenever you hop on to these lives with us and uh, support us in all of our chatter uh, about the Chicago Red Stars. And uh, we just want to let you know that one of the best ways to go ahead and continue your support of us and the show and our work here at CHGO is with a CHGO membership. Uh, you get access to all kinds of great things, primarily shows on every single Chicago team out there in the market every single day uh, you get access to some post game shows you get access to premium written content if you're a member at allchgo.com specifically writing from a friend homie and colleague claire Watkins, and uh, you get access to team merchandise free shirt when you become a member and access to the members only discord the chgo lounge so make sure if you haven't already please sign up for a chgo membership and uh claire and i will be back next week again hopefully to talk about a chicago red stars dub everybody take care enjoy the fall <laughs>